Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Good morning. It's Tuesday. The world watching that drama unfolding near the wreckage of the Titanic. A tourist sub missing. The race to find it now on. It's June the 20th. This is today. Breaking overnight. Desperate search. Crews working around the clock to locate that submersible carrying five people to the Titanic. Nearly two days after it vanished, time quickly running out. This morning, the search and rescue mission, what we're learning about the passengers, including a billionaire explorer and our interview with the Coast Guard Admiral heading up to the search. Wild weather, a new round of tornadoes leaving a path of destruction through the south. I'm thankful to be alive. While record-breaking heat intensifies, power outage is now a major concern with tens of millions facing new warnings today. Al has your full forecast, including the tropical threat expected to become the season's first hurricane. On defense, former President Trump speaking out overnight, offering a new explanation for failing to return those classified documents in the wake of his federal indictment. Before I send boxes over, I have to take all of my things out. These boxes were interspersed with all sorts of things. We'll have the latest and what's next. High stakes meeting, the Secretary of State goes one-on-one with NBC News after his historic face-to-face with China's president. Both. China and the United States, I think, recognized that uh, we were in an increasingly unstable place in our relationship. Just ahead, the push to ease growing tensions and the key issues that still divide the superpowers. Those stories plus controlling AI. Inside today's key summit aimed at reining in the rapid spread of artificial intelligence. But is it already too little too late? And Cruise in control. Tom Cruise takes over Rome for the world premiere of the new Mission Impossible movie. Will it be back-to-back summer blockbusters for the Hollywood superstar? First reviews are in today, Tuesday, June 20th, 2023. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Cutby, Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. Well, good morning. Welcome to today. It's a Tuesday morning. We're so happy you're with us. Yeah, and let's get right to the story. The whole world is watching the urgent search for a missing submersible carrying five people who were trying to tour the Titanic wreckage. We're going to show you where all this is unfolding deep in the North Atlantic. That's about 900 miles east of Cape Cod. This sub had only 96 hours of reserve oxygen when it set out Sunday morning, meaning roughly 48 hours of oxygen likely now remains. This morning, we're learning more about those on board, the conditions surrounding the search and the sub itself. In a moment, we're going to hear from the Coast Guard Admiral who's leading the search and rescue efforts. But Let's start with NBC's Tom Costello, who's in Boston. Tom, uh, this is definitely a race against time. 
Absolutely. We are at uh, U.S. Coast Guard Command here in Boston. They are setting up and they are in charge of this incident in close co collaboration with Canadian Coast Guard Command. Overnight, they had a surface ship continuing to search for any signs of the submersible that may be on the water. Meanwhile, we've had aircraft in the air, both U.S. and Canadian aircraft, searching for this submersible. The bottom line, though, as you mentioned, four days of oxygen when it went into the water two days ago. So right now the clock is ticking. In the cold North Atlantic and all hands on deck search and rescue operation, looking for any signs of a small private submersible and the five people on board missing since Sunday after going to explore the Titanic wreckage. It is uh, a challenge to conduct a uh, search in that remote area but we are deploying all available assets. It's a 21-foot submersible named Titan, made of titanium and carbon fiber, owned by OceanGate, a private company that charters tours costing as much as $250,000. Among the paying passengers, billionaire Hamish Harding, whose previous adventures included a submersible dive to the Mariana Trench and a space flight on Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. On Instagram Sunday, he signed his name on the logo as he announced he'd be diving to the Titanic. Also on board, Pakistani British businessman Shazada Dawood, along with his son Suleiman, according to his company. Overnight, OceanGate released a new statement. Our entire focus is on the well-being of the crew and every step possible is being taken to bring the five crew members back safely. Last year, the company's founder and CEO discussed the ongoing fascination with the Titanic on Seattle's King 5 TV. We have yeah. a number of people who come with us, we sometimes referred to as Titaniacs, um, people who have just <laughs> been consumed by the, by the Titanic, and it was just great to take them down. Among the search efforts, U.S. and Canadian C-130s conducting visual and radar aerial searches and dropping sonar buoys in the water listening for the sub. When something happens on the high seas, it gets complicated uh, quickly because of winds, oceans, drift, all that stuff. Considered the world's most famous shipwreck, the Titanic rests at a treacherous depth of two and a half miles. 1,500 people died when the ship sank in 1912. In recent years, other tourist submersibles have tried exploring the wreckage. Now search teams are in a race against the clock for this missing sub, oxygen potentially running low. A Canadian P-8 aircraft dropped a sonar buoy to listen for any signs of the sub underwater. And I asked Admiral Mauger, what specifically are you listening for? They're listening for tapping or voices, because at this point, that may be the only clues that they have, if they can hear that at all, Hoda. Oh, my gosh, there are so many factors, complicating factors in the search and rescue. So what about the pressure of the of the ocean, Tom? How does that play? This is intense pressure at 13,000 feet down. Keep in mind, a typical U.S. Navy sub, the best of the best, goes down two to 3,000 feet. That's it. This is at 13,000 feet. No diver, of course, can go that deep. And all they can use are submersibles if they can find this tiny little sub. But the U.S. and Canadian Coast Guards don't have that technology to go down, so they're trying to rush that into the area. But as we said, time is really of the essence now. All right, Tom, thank you. And joining us now is Rear Admiral John Mauger, who is spearheading the Coast Guard search for that submersible. Admiral, good morning to you. Admiral, has the company involved here, OceanGate, provided you any information about where the vessel was mm -hmm. at last moment of contact, how, how deep it was, what mechanically may have gone wrong that led to this situation? 
I, Savannah, our focus right now is really uh, on the search capabilities, and so we do have an understanding of where uh, the vessel, uh, the submersible, was operating, uh, and so uh, we're uh, prioritizing uh, search in those areas. Uh, the uh, Ocean Gate expedition is actually uh, leading uh, the underwater search area with assets that we're bringing in uh, to the scene because they know that uh, site uh, better than anybody else in terms of uh, on scene, in terms of the underwater search. And so we're working very closely with them to uh, prioritize our underwater search efforts and get uh, equipment there that can be helpful to the search. Admiral, are you, are you optimistic that we will find these people alive? Hoda, we're working very, very hard to make sure that uh, we bring all assets uh, to bear on this problem, uh, to bring uh, leading technical experts to understand uh, what uh, what capability is available and what capability we can get to the scene. Uh, and, uh, you know, are the thoughts of the crew members and their families really drive uh, our crews forward uh, and all of the partners that have been working uh, this complex case uh, to make sure that uh, we, we can continue to find them. Well, Admiral Mager, we wish you mm-hmm. best of luck in your important work. Thank you for your time this morning, sir. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. We have more breaking news unfolding at this hour. The president's son, Hunter Biden, reaching an agreement to resolve a five-year federal investigation into his finances. Under the deal, Hunter Biden will plead guilty to a pair of misdemeanor tax charges. The plea agreement also settles a separate gun charge. The U.S. attorney in Delaware agreeing to recommend probation. No jail time as part of the deal. NBC's Kristen Walker joins us with the late breaking details. So, Kristen, walk us through the latest and what's in this plea deal. Hi, Savannah. Good morning. Well, we're learning that Hunter Biden will plead guilty to two federal misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes. He's also facing a separate gun possession charge, as you say, and we've learned that that charge will likely be dismissed. Look, this investigation did take five years. It involved the IRS, the FBI, and was looking into some other issues, including Hunter Biden's business dealings and whether he failed to register as a foreign agent. Now, Savannah, we can essentially read this as dropping that part, those issues. The Department of Justice has decided they just weren't worth pursuing. Now, NBC News learning this morning also the agreement means the U.S. attorney will recommend probation for Hunter Biden and the charges likely won't result in any jail time. The White House responding just moments ago saying, quote, the president and the first lady love their son and support him as he continues to rebuild his life. We will have no further comment. Savannah. Well, of course, this is a a legal story. It's also a political story. This U.S. attorney was actually appointed by former President Trump in 2018. As I understand it, then President Biden kept him on because he was overseeing this investigation into Hunter Biden. But many Republicans will not be happy to see this resulting in no jail time for the president's son. And we're already hearing from former President Trump, there will certainly be a massive political fallout from this agreement. There's no doubt about that. Savannah, here's what we're hearing from Mr. Trump. He's already out calling this a, quote, sweetheart deal. Let me read you a little bit more of what he had to say. He just posted this on his Truth Social account. He says, quote, the corrupt Biden DOJ just cleared up hundreds of years of criminal liability by giving Hunter Biden a mere traffic ticket. Our system is broken. 
We've also, of course, seen President Biden asked about this. He doesn't comment frequently, but he has defended his son. He said he's done nothing wrong. Undoubtedly, those statements are going to come under fresh scrutiny. They'll be played repeatedly. Republicans, as we've been discussing here, Savannah, have argued there are two systems of justice. And again, this is a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney who reached this deal with Hunter Biden. But undoubtedly, this is going to be fresh fodder for the campaign trail, Savannah. It may resolve his legal issues. It does not resolve the political ones in the few seconds we have. There are continuing investigations on Capitol Hill into Hunter Biden. That's right. There are ongoing investigations into Hunter Biden. That's not going to go away. And that's going to loom quite large over the 2024 campaign. Now, for his part, President Biden out on the West Coast today, he has several fundraisers there. He'll undoubtedly get a number of questions about this. We'll have to see if he responds there, Savannah. All right. Kristen Walker, our chief White House correspondent in the bureau on this breaking news. Hunter Biden pleading guilty to two misdemeanor tax charges. We'll have more as the story develops. Hoda. All right. Also this morning, millions in the South are once again picking up the pieces after being pummeled by severe weather. The latest tornado outbreak sweeping through Mississippi while record breaking heat continues to grip other parts of our country. We're going to get to Al's forecast in just a moment. But first, NBC's Blaine Alexander joins us from hard hit Lewin, Mississippi. Hey, Blaine, good morning. Well, Hoda, good morning to you. You're right. This is just one terrifying example of this storm's fury. Look at this tractor trailer right here. It's come to a rest on its side, but a gentleman in this area tells us that it was cleared down the street. It was picked up, thrown here during the storm. Now, if you go up and down this street, several streets over, it's much of the same story. Homes are largely unrecognizable. And for so many people across the South, the threat is not over yet. This morning, as millions across the southeast face record-breaking heat, heavy rain, and no power, yet another round of severe weather and tornadoes are taking their toll. The latest strike in Moss Point, Mississippi, downing trees and power lines in the small gulf town, ripping roofs off homes and stripping the steeple from this church. I'm still shook up, man, because I'm thankful to be alive. It's one of at least 18 reported tornadoes across the region in the last week, claiming at least six lives, including one in Lewin, Mississippi. Felt like a giant was hitting the house with a sledgehammer. Derry Pierce felt the storm's brutal strength, an EF3 tornado striking in the dead of night, injuring nearly two dozen and taking the life of 67-year-old Georgine Hayes. Her house, where a black jeep at? Right there. It, it was right there. It, 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 it's gone now. Ain't nothing there. In nearby Canton, Mississippi, more heartbreak after 67-year-old Wilbert Maine Fleming was killed by a falling tree. It, this hurt right now. Oh, God. Down in Florida, the storms also took a toll, with one confirmed tornado in the panhandle. Heavy rain also caused flash floods in southern Alabama, turning streets into raging rivers. This as 35 million residents in the region swelter under blistering heat. It's like 94 inside. And that heat makes things all the more difficult for cleanup here when you consider the fact that people are in this heat trying to clean up with no power and no AC. Now, the worst of the heat is expected to go through tomorrow. In fact, parts of Texas are expected to see temperatures higher than 100 degrees. And meanwhile, the threat for tornadoes for so many across the southeast continues today. 
Hoda. All right. Blaine Alexander for us there in Lowen, Mississippi. Blaine, thank you. Let's turn to Al with more on the storms, the heat, the messy map and what to expect today. Yeah, I got to tell you, folks, and good morning, everybody. We've got this blocking pattern right now. So high pressure from the Canadian border all the way down to the Texas-Mexico border keeps the heat there. This upper level low is going to hang around. And so we do have rounds of rain. Five million people under risk of severe weather from Texas all the way to Florida. Isolated tornadoes along the Gulf Coast. Heavy rain. Some places pick up with five inches to seven inches of rain stretching from Roanoke all the way down to just east of Atlanta. We're watching that. Plus, as Blaine mentioned, that heat, 32 million people under heat advisories, heat warnings stretching from the southwest all the way to New Orleans. Look at these temperatures today. Records possible. These are air temperatures, not feels like temperatures. Could set a record in uh, Houston, I should say in New Orleans, Houston, in San Angelo, Roswell, Wichita Falls. And then we move into tomorrow. That heat stretches from Midland down to McAllen triple digits and really no relief in sight heading into the weekend upper 90s to near 100 degrees from houston corpus christi out to alpine and up to dallas guys all right quarter after we got craig what are you following this morning savannah Hoda, morning. good morning good morning to you as well uh, we're learning a little bit more this morning about those conversations that happened roughly this time yesterday during that high stakes meeting between secretary of state anthony blinken and china's president president xi the two coming together in Beijing in an attempt to ease tensions. But there are some key issues that remain unresolved between the superpowers. NBC's Janice Mackey Freer actually sat down with Secretary Blinken. She joins us now with more from Beijing. Janice, good morning. Craig, good morning. Secretary of State Antony Blinken had low expectations in coming here. The idea to at least stabilize relations between the U.S. and China to avoid conflict. Good afternoon. A high-stakes visit to stabilize relations between the U.S. and China. Secretary of State Antony Blinken meeting with China's President Xi Jinping after two intense days here. After that meeting, Secretary Blinken sat down with us and was clear this visit had to happen. We were in an increasingly unstable place in our relationship. I think this is um, the start of a process to put a little more stability into it. With friction on nearly every front, including tariffs, espionage and Taiwan, U.S.-China relations have been in near freefall. Add to it now growing tension over a Chinese spy base on Cuba. I repeatedly raised it. And, of course, this is not something new. Is the administration at all concerned that about China making it more than a spy base? We always have concerns when they are physically taking a position that could turn into a military base of some kind. Chinese officials have grievances, too, like U.S. export bans on technology and U.S. sanctions on several senior officials here, including Xi's Minister of Defense. It's why China refused Blinken's request to reopen military crisis lines, communication cut off by Beijing last year, despite dangerously close encounters between warships in the Taiwan Strait and military aircraft over the South China Sea, something we saw in February on board another U.S. Navy plane intercepted by a Chinese jet. That's the quickest path to an inadvertent conflict. I can say that They understand very clearly the importance we attach to this. I think it's profoundly in their interest, too. 
This was the trip Secretary Blinken called off when that spy balloon was shot down. So I asked him, does this mean the balloon incident is now water under the bridge with China? And he told me, so long as it doesn't happen again, quote, that chapter should be closed. This visit is now expected to pave the way for President Xi to meet with President Biden in the U.S. before the end of the year. Craig. All right. Janice Mackey-Freer there with the Secretary of State. Janice, thank you. All right. Let's go back to Al, get the rest of the forecast for today. Hey, guys. Good morning. And we can see it's a chilly start to the morning out west. We've got frost advisories, freeze warnings from Ukiah to Sun Valley down to Eli, Winnemucca as well. Uh, you can see not a lot of precipitation out there. Some showers right now in the Pacific Northwest, little activity around Salt Lake City for the day, though. Really lovely temperatures, although we do have some showers around Salt Lake, but plenty of moderate temperatures along the coast. Coming up, we're going to be talking about the uh, tropical Atlantic. Brett already. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. Thanks, Thanks, Thank you. Coming up this morning, growing concerns tied to the AI revolution. We're going to take a closer look at the new moves being made to control that life-changing technology. The questions being asked by experts, lawmakers, the president meeting on it today. Is it already too little, too late? We'll get into it. But first, this is today on NBC. It's time to breathe easier this allergy season with Breathe Right Nasal Strips. With instant nasal congestion relief for up to 12 hours, you can spend your time on your terms, not on your noses. Stuffy nose from outdoor allergens? No problem. We got you. Allergy season just turned into stripping season. Instant relief from nasal congestion anytime, anywhere. Need more convincing? Click the banner below and get a free sample. Breathe Right. Get your strip on. Use as directed. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. crowd will just melt us back at 7 30 with some of the happy folks starting their day on our plaza by the way in just a few days yes an ice cream truck Wait. will be out there to crown the, the winner of ice our cream. bracket challenge ice cream. yeah but first carson's going to reveal the final four sweet treats ahead on pop start we cannot wait there have been some there have been some upsets by the way we yeah. revealed a few yesterday some surprises oh well okay yeah. we missed yesterday we're going to yeah. check it out today all right we're going to start this half hour with more on that story that the whole world is watching that desperate search for a missing submersible it's carrying people who went down to view the wreckage of the titanic more than a century after the iconic ship sank fascination with the titanic it really is as strong as ever with movies, documentaries, expeditions like the one that's led to this emergency situation. NBC's Kristen Dogman joins us now from Boston with more on that angle and the search mission now unfolding. Kristen, good morning. 
Good morning to you. Yeah, this is a highly exclusive and expensive expedition with five on board, including a Pakistani businessman and his son and a British world traveler on what must have seemed like a dream trip down to the bottom of the ocean to help unearth some of Titanic's story. Today, they are now part of that mystery. The urgent search intensifying this morning to find the private submersible with five people on board. Coast Guard officials looking by air and sea for the Titan, designed for underwater tourism. Ocean Gate Expeditions, which operates the exclusive trips, started its Titanic voyages in 2021. Colin Taylor went on one last summer with his son. We spent four or five hours at the wreck itself. OceanGate uses the Starlink satellite to maintain an internet connection, and the underwater Titan team relies on text messages for guidance. And the text messaging is incredibly slow, so you're uh, you're using a shorthand version of words to communicate with with the ship on the surface. The OceanGate CEO explaining some more of the ship's mechanics in a CBS interview last year. We can use these off-the-shelf components. I got these from uh, Camper World. We run the whole thing with this game controller. (laughs) Come on! It seems like this submersible has some elements of MacGyver-y jerry-riggedness. I mean, you're putting construction pipes as ballast. I don't know if I'd use that description of it, um, but there's certain things that you want to be uh, buttoned down. So the pressure vessel is not MacGyvered at all because that's where we work with Boeing and NASA and the University of Washington. Everything else can fail. Your thrusters can go, your lights can go, you're still going to be safe. The submersible, which holds five people, is just over 22 feet long, just over nine feet wide, and 8.3 feet high. The Titanic tourism industry has boomed since the iconic movie. And OceanGate's undersea exploration is one of the most exclusive experiences, coming with a price tag of $250,000 for previous trips. The CEO telling NBC News in August, OceanGate has made some discoveries of its own with its high-resolution cameras. On the port side forward anchor, which has been photographed many times, we were able to pick up the manufacturer's uh, name. The Titanic uh, experts were super excited. But this morning, in those waters where the Titanic once sank, it's now a race against time. And Kristen, how were tourists even allowed to get that close to the wreckage? Right, Savannah, you know, more people have been into space than down to that depth. So these missions have traditionally been reserved for scientists and researchers. OceanGate's website says that it is conducting this in accordance with the Underwater World Heritage Guidelines, meaning that it can go to that depth with tourists, but isn't allowed to disturb the site at all. And the online, uh, online, the itinerary lists two more trips that they had been planning to take in 2024. Savannah? Fascinating. All right, Kristen. Thank you. All right. When we come back here, Tom Cruise, the toast of Rome at the world premiere of that new Mission Impossible film. So will it be the summer's biggest blockbuster? Carson's going to have the first reviews coming up in Popstar. But first, can the right steps be taken to control AI before it is too late? The focus of a key summit today. We're going to get the latest from our tech expert, Jake Ward, coming up after this. 
We're back, 738, ongoing series focusing on the AI revolution. It's technology that can certainly make life easier, but it has also led to questions about deep fakes and false information. Yeah, in San Francisco today, President Biden is meeting with industry leaders and experts to get their thoughts on the opportunities and risks of AI. While on Capitol Hill, there's a bipartisan bill that's being introduced to establish a commission on artificial intelligence. The question, is it too little, too late? Let's mm-hmm. turn to NBC's tech correspondent, Jacob Ward. Jake, good morning. Talk about this meeting today. I mean, this obviously has Washington's attention now. And of course, the question is, you know, is the cat out of the bag? Mm-hmm. Can regulators catch up with the technology? Well, Savannah, today is certainly going to be an interesting first step uh, in trying to answer that question. We know that the president will be meeting, as you mentioned, with these industry leaders and academics at the same time that uh, Congressman Ted Lieu and Ken Buck are uh, supposed to release this uh, new piece of legislation that would establish a 20-member commission that would have roughly two years to try to sort out some guardrails around AI. Now, what's so interesting about President Biden's meeting with that group of industry leaders and academics is that this is not a group that is necessarily pro-AI. These are people who are making a life's work out of being critical of the technology, are going to be explaining to him how it can deepen problems for children, uh, problems of discrimination and prejudice, the ways in which it could really get at the very heart of, of our ability to trust one another. It's a very different group than I think he's probably been meeting with so far, considering he's been meeting mostly with uh, industry executives, the sorts of people who've been out in front on how to make money off this technology. Well, it is, a, it's, it is a commission, and you did say two years, which seems like a lifetime when it comes to this kind of technology. It seems like in Europe, in England, they're, they're actually making strides already. So what can the government actually do to put the genie back in the bottle? Well, you know, what's so interesting about how uh, Europe is handling this, Hoda, is that they have very specifically laid out a framework for understanding AI by risk. And so once they have categorized something as a very, very high risk thing, and in that category, they put things like using AI to establish some sort of, you know, credit score or using AI to establish uh, your emotional state. That stuff would be off the table in Europe, according to new regulations. And according to people I've been speaking with who are close to this new legislation, that really could be part of the model that this commission looks at. Now, I know Two years sounds like a long time. It sounds like, uh, you know, far too slow uh, to be, uh, you know, going after a technology that is moving so incredibly fast. But you have to remember, right, it took us 50 years to get our arms around regulating cigarettes. It took us 30 years to establish that gambling was actually a source of addiction, right? This is actually pretty fast in the regulatory world, considering especially that this technology is moving week by week. It's really a reflection of just how fast that technology is moving. But I think an effort by lawmakers, I mean, these are two guys who do not have anything ideological in common, except it turns out this concern about AI. Let's talk about, I mean, one of the individuals that the president will meet today is a person who pioneered this gene editing. And that's a technology that then she basically declined to pursue, which some have recommended for AI. Have they not? Like, why don't we just Mm -hmm. pause for a moment Mm -hmm. while we get our hands around this? That's absolutely right, Savannah. And it's so interesting that uh, Jennifer Doudna, the Nobel Bi- Prize winning biochemist, is going to be there. She created CRISPR, this technology that allows you to literally edit genes and could conceivably make it possible for us to, you know, eradicate all sorts of uh, heritable genetic diseases. At the same time, right, if you just let that technology out into the open market, you could create a world in which people are suddenly trying to edit the skin color of their children before they are born. And so uh, Doudna, along with many other people in her field, have advocated for a more 
moratorium on using this uh, technology as widely as one could. And so the fact that she's going to be sitting across from the president and able to say to him, you know what, I know this thing looks attractive. I know AI is sleek and shiny, but we here in our world have known that we needed to pull back a little bit. You should think about doing the same thing here. It's fascinating. Just mm-hmm. the beginning of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Jake, thank you as always. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Mr. Roker, what you got? Well, we're looking at Tropical Storm Brett uh, right now. It's 1130 miles east of the South Windward Islands, 40 miles per hour and moving west at 17. Right behind it, we've got an investigation area that's got a 70 percent chance of development. Plus, you add to the fact that this is the warmest June waters in the tropical Atlanta ever recorded. And Brett's the second earliest tropical Atlantic storm ever. If this becomes Cindy, it'd be the first time ever we had two named storms in June. So we're going to watch the track of this. Stays to the south of Puerto Rico. That's the good news. However, even though it's out of the cone, doesn't mean they can't get affected by it. We'll be watching that very closely. And as far as air quality today, 19 million people at risk for high levels of ozone pollution from Minnesota all the way down into Missouri and parts of Kansas. Although northern Minnesota is still experiencing some of that wildfire smoke. The rest of this all due to ozone. And that's your latest weather. Guys? Uh, Al, thank you so much. <laughs> and just ahead, you guys mentioned it. Our final four yes. are today's ice cream truck <laughs> oh, bracket. Yeah. It's a major, Wyndham. It's a ma- one of the four <laughs> majors like during like Pop Stars. Unfortunately, we- the trophy melts. That's right. <laughs> you can eat the trophy. We'll have some results when we come up in Pop Stars. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.